welcome, welcome back. back to another episode of songwriting saves the world S-S-W. season three. Oh my god i love the chant <laughs> we should always do the chant okay. ssw today we have an amazing incredible show-stopping interview with I chelsea grimes show-stopping hell yeah it's show-stopping it, it really is i mean chelsea is show-stopping she really is she's she talented. is incredible she's, she's also very funny yeah we said last week that you guys were going to get another interview with laughs. Yeah, this one is we very lighthearted. Yeah. It's very lighthearted. You're going to smile. You're going to giggle. It's great. I'm excited for you guys to listen to it. Me too. I'm excited for to listen to it again because I know you edit, but I like to <laughs> listen to these again once they're done. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. I have heard this intimately. I've heard this over and over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited. I'm excited with you guys. Yeah. We're all excited together. It's you know exciting. The deal? It's very exciting. It is exciting. We're jumping up and down right now, <laughs> mentally. But before we jump in, you guys know the drill. At Songwriting Saves the World on all of our mm-hmm. social medias, anywhere we are, that Hell is what yeah. our name is. And you can find yep. us under that handle. TikTok, Insta, if you really, really love us and you want to support us on Patreon, we're also there at Songwriting Saves the World. You spend more on coffee in a day than you spend on the subscription. It's only it's $4 true. a it's month. It's true. What's another Nick thing you said spend more that money once, on? And I'm going to stick with it because I think it's a great branding technique. <laughs> you probably spend more money on crystals, knowing our audience. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know that I've spent money on crystals. You probably spend more money on Urban Outfitters yeah. than you do. <laughs> you don't need that waffle top. Just You buy. don't need that waffle top. You don't need those BDG jeans. You don't. You, you don't need, need that random thing that you see in the way to check out on your way to check out. You don't need that scrunchie collection. But what you do need is to be a part of something greater than yourself, as Sasha you need, said. You need a Songwriting Saves the World Patreon subscription. Patreon. That's you what need you that need. sticker. Slap it on your emotional support water bottle. <laughs> Slap it on your laptop. You can put it anywhere. You really can. Um, and if you're listening on Spotify, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, no matter where you're listening, like, download leave five stars because that's how you feel you leave feel? a review anything that you can do do it forehead kisses Mwah. Mwah. without further ado we'll jump into this interview with chelsea grimes let's go chelsea grimes is a grammy nominated songwriter singer footballer and radio and tv presenter really do a lot <laughs> she's written from many sig artists including but not limited to dua lipa kesha blackpink and jonas blue and we're so excited to have you on the show so thank you for being here thank you i'm so excited we have a little icebreaker question for you mm-hmm. and we wanted to know what your first concert was and what the best concert you've been to was first concert <sighs> best concert first concert was like just the first memorable concert I had was when Destiny's Child broke up. Ooh. And so it was like the last tour. And oh, um, no way. That wasn't like my first concert. My first concert was like one of those where there's like 10 acts performing and it's uh-huh. like a, a radio tour, right? So like it was, but the first memorable one was was definitely Destiny's Child and Beyonce wow, and Kelly and Michelle one. were just, oh, amazing. Um, Yeah, so I think I'd say that one, yeah. Wow, wait, and you're okay. That was your... Your first concert was just a group one, and your best concert was Destiny's Child. Just yeah. be clear of the answers. Yeah. Okay, okay. Those are great, actually. Wow, seeing them right before they broke up. Was oh, it was like, 
yeah, it was it was pretty iconic to be fair. Um oh, I mean Destiny's Child who didn't love them back then. For yeah. me that was that was like, you know, the pinnacle of like greatness and then just to see them and that was when I was like a super fan. I was only young mm-hmm. and you, you're just like, Oh my god, I'm breathing the same air as yeah, Beyonce, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> it's like we've all done that at some point, surely. Right. It's a historical moment. Oh no, for I'm sure. Twenty three years old. I'm still like, I'm <laughs> still doing it. Here. Exactly. It's like we're in the same room, just feet away. That's funny. <laughs> so, can you start with giving us a background of your kind of songwriting journey, musical journey, and how you got to where you're at now? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure you guys have had so many different stories because in the music industry. There is no mm-hmm. yellow brick road at all. Nope. But for me, for real. I, I, I play football from the age of nine. So everyone asks mm-hmm. me all the time, what come first? Was it football, soccer or, or music? Yeah. And for me, it was mm-hmm. football. I, I say all the time, if I was a guy, maybe I wouldn't have found music at all because yeah. I would have been on a nice wage. I wouldn't have had right. to look <laughs> for another job. But at that time, you know, the women's game was, you know, everyone had had another job who was playing professional. And mm-hmm. at 15, 16, um, we we chose options in school. And mm-hmm. I think I chose PE and science. I was going to maybe be like a physiotherapist Ooh. if I got an injury in sports. Yeah, right. I'm good with my hands. <laughs> <laughs> but then it was between like geography, history and music. And to be honest, the only reason I took music was because... If it rained outside in our school and you took music <laughs> class, you got to sit in the music room when it rained outside. So I just done it for, for that reason. And yeah, then practical. Yeah, yeah, practical, exactly. But then I, I fell in love with it. You know, the the music teacher, Miss, Mr. Quinn, shout him out. Big inspiration oh, to me. Mr. Quinn. Mr. Quinn. Um, he, he said, you know, go and write some songs at the weekend. You know, that would be our assignment. And I'd write a lyric or I'd... I'd come up with like a nice chord progression and it gave me the same feeling as like scoring a goal and that's the closest Aww. I'd felt yeah so um and and also you know two years so say 16 I leave school and then I just gigged for like two years straight in Liverpool mm-hmm. and more and more people started coming and kids were coming with like tattoos and me lyrics on them and I was oh, like wow sick. this is like crossing over and then all for sure the record label started snooping about and I signed mm-hmm. a record deal two years after I picked up music and I was like, hang on a minute, I played <laughs> football from the age of nine to 16 and not made a penny and got picked mm-hmm. every weekend. And I just write songs and I've got sand and I've got a bunch of money. This is great. <laughs> uh, so um, so I signed to Sony RCA when I was 18. But mm-hmm. similar to football, um, it, it is quite similar. I say a lot of the time, sport and and music, it's a tough industry and there's a lot of chopping and changing and, you know, you need a bit of luck at certain times. Yeah, and yeah. The, the guy who signed me after a year, he got sacked and then a mm. new guy come in and I wasn't really his thing. So I ended up getting dropped like a year mm. into me deal, which was mm. crazy because, you know, you think, oh my God, great, I've made it. And then, right. all, of a and sudden, then all of a sudden <laughs> you haven't. Um, but you know what? I learned a lot and I wasn't ready then. So... I traveled for like two years, just like spent all my money, yeah. got down to like, I think I had like £2,000 left and uh-huh. I was like, what am I going to do? Yeah, I need to think what? of something else. And then a guy called Pete McCamley, um, 
he ended up signing me as a songwriter. Mm. He'd sign like the Spice Girls and Craig oh, David sick. and a, a lot of big acts like out here. And he said, I'm not going to sign you as an artist, but I'll sign you as a songwriter. Mm. And, you know, for me, I didn't want that at the time. I was like, <laughs> I was like, nah, I'm an artist, I'm an artist, I'm an right, artist. Right, right. But at that time, you know, I think the record label had spent a lot of money on my first album that never mm. got released. So no mm. one really wanted to sign me again. So I took what I, I could get. And yeah. I think two weeks after I signed the deal, I, I ended up writing a song for Carly Minogue. And then oh, it cool. all just went mad from there, really. Yeah. Wait, so your first record deal at 18 was as an artist? Yeah. Interesting. Super cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great story. Yeah. I love origin stories. Things are just happening left <laughs> and right. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you took time to travel too. They were like, well, this yeah. is working right now. I'm going to just travel. And then at the end of it, you're like, well, um, it's the best way to spend time. Yeah, I agree for sure. So on this podcast, we talk a lot about a songwriter's toolbox, which is essentially mm-hmm. just kind of little things you've picked up along the way since you've been a songwriter. And so little just tips and tricks that you use in your writing, that you use in sessions, and it could be anything from things you actually use when writing lyrics to things like, oh, setting a voice memo for a session. Yeah. So we wanted to know three things that you have in your songwriter's toolbox that you could share with us. Yeah. Three things. I think for me, I, I tend to start with a with a lyric first. Mm-hmm. I, I For me, I like to build a song around a story. So mm-hmm. my notes are forever forever full so that's one one tip (laughs) or what in my toolbox if you look through my notes like it's just unlimited of like silly words or you know things I've heard and someone in a petrol station in a gas station saying I wrote it down or anything like that um another one would be like text messages I mean I I get a lot of songs from text messages like I'll read old messages from people yeah and things that you know because Especially in an argument or something, or <laughs> when when you just like writing how you feel, and yeah, then yeah. I'll I'll read it back, and I'm like, shit, that's like so good, that's like that, good. that's definitely good. <laughs> so I pull that out all the time. Um, what's another thing I do? I'm trying to think. No, now. three is um, a lot to do yeah. on the spot. <laughs> it's, it's kind of, it's kind of hard when you think about what what I do, but um, I don't know. I I just. I listen to a, a ton of music as well, like mm-hmm. a shit ton. Like I don't just listen to like one thing. Like in the first lockdown, I was just busting out like so much country music just for <laughs> lyrical concept. <laughs> yeah. Like not even like, yeah, the melody and stuff, but like they, they'll say like one line in like a complete different way that I'd ever mm. say it. So yeah. I think being eclectic in what you're listening to is always going to influence what ends up coming out. So yeah, yeah. I definitely agree. I think that makes a lot of sense. I love the text message thing, but I always have to be so careful that I don't directly quote like people in my <laughs> life. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, the text Oh, that thing. was really juicy. That right. thing you said, but then I write <laughs> it in a song and someone's like, what? Like, did I not say that yeah. to you last week? And I'm like, um, it's not don't even worry about it it's yeah no no, no no one's gonna know <laughs> my <laughs> tip is like just to use the text messages from people that you don't talk to anymore it's like yeah it's not you at all um yeah <laughs> so text messages are great because because you're just like not really thinking about anything like it's crazy the amount of things i've said mm-hmm. to like people or like just 
even when I used to be like I've went sober now, but when I'd be drinking mm-hmm. and stuff and like be replying to messages right. drunk and I forget about them and then I'd look back and I'd be like, That's a great That's lyric. A great song right yeah. there. That's so funny. <laughs> So this season of the podcast is focused on queer artists. So we're wondering, like, who were your kind of queer icons, either musicians or outside of that, growing up or now or whatever you want? For me, like, I say it all the time. It's Lady Gaga for me. When I when I yeah. seen... So I had the biggest crush on um, Nicole Scherzinger from the Pussycat Doll when I was, like, 12 or something. And... Yeah. Um, I had a gay uncle mm-hmm. and literally he used to say to me, Mom, she's gay, she's gay. And I'd just be like stood there like watching dolls <laughs> on the TV. I'd be like, I'm not, I'm not. No. And, um, yeah, and then I I went to see Pussycat Dolls perform uh-huh. and Lady Gaga supported them and I was just like, who oh. is that? What is right. that? Like, what the fuck? And then I just, yeah, I mean, growing up for me in listening to pop music, like there was no one like that. Yeah, you know, I mean, our next generation will say, "Oh, it was Madonna just reinvented." But mm-hmm. I never grew up in that mm-hmm. era, and to see someone like Gaga, and she was such an advocate for like the LGBTQ plus community, and and just really like you know winning awards at the MTV Awards, and just saying like, "This is for God and the gays," like yeah, yeah. iconic. <laughs> like I, I'd, I'd never seen she that really before, is. you know? Yeah, like so. For me, it was it was Gaga for sure. Who like every interview, she'd just be like, "Be who you are, be who you want to be." And like I said, I, I'd just been used to seeing like, and no offense to them, but like you know Beyonce, J Lo, mm-hmm. like all oiled up chicks on a beach, right. Nicole Scherzinger, yeah. like pussy. And I I did never feel like that that was me. I yeah. fancied them, but I didn't <laughs> think it was me. <laughs> and so when when Gaga come out and she she was just like such an advocate for it, I was yeah. like okay like i'm into this yeah i, I love her so much what about <laughs> you so guys funny. who do you love oh my god so many people so many now yeah right? there's so many now i mean like i love keilani i love fletcher i love fletcher yeah i love fletcher fletcher's awesome like king princess oh i love king, king princess. princess yeah cool. there's i mean there's so many people now but just like not long ago it was scarce yeah scarce i mean he's not as like oh choice of on for yeah. sure Oh yeah, I love yeah. him. Yeah, they start on YouTube, but still is an artist. Yeah, that's so funny. That concert, you're like, I came here for the Pussycat Dolls, but <laughs> I am staying for Gaga. <laughs> Literally, I, I came for the Pussycat Dolls and left with the disco stick. <laughs> <laughs> with Gaga in my heart, Gaga in my brain, oh, Gaga everywhere. Out of my being. Yeah, <laughs> it's written into my DNA now. What a woman. a radio broadcaster a musician and a footballer so how do you juggle all of the different passions that you have and do you think that they inform or assist each other in any way well I don't have much of a date in life to be fair at the minute (laughs) my personal life is absolutely zilch right now but you know what it's like I was talking to a friend the other day about this and you know thinking about what I always wanted to be and the first flight out, I remember getting to like Copenhagen as like a real songwriter and being like, oh my God, someone's paying for me to write a song. And yeah. that was always just a dream. And I've done so much more than I ever imagined just by mm-hmm. doing what feels right, you know? Um, I, t- I tell stories at the end of the day, whether that's through song, podcast, TV, documentaries, and, and that's just me. I'm, I'm a yeah. storyteller. So, you know, if, if something comes up and I'm 
and I'm attached to it and I feel like I could tell that story in a different way than it's been mm-hmm. told before, then then I'll give it a go. And it. that's just how I live, really. Yeah. Um they cross over a lot though, like, but again, it's just having not much sleep and not much of a personal <laughs> life, but just doing what makes me happy and I'm smiling twenty four yeah. seven at the minute, so I can't complain at all. Oh, that's so great. I love the thing you said earlier when you were talking about kind of your musical story that writing a song is the only thing that felt like scoring a goal. Because I feel like it's so great. Like everyone's always looking for like something that feels like that to them. And you found two so early Mm -hmm. on. What a freaking score. (laughs) (laughs) How lucky. I know, I know, I know. It's a... Yeah, it's it's just one of those things. People say now, you know, why are you still playing football? Like mm. you don't need you don't need to play. You know, you don't make that much money from it and stuff. But in actual fact, I've done a whole three sixty, and even though I make a living from music and entertainment mm-hmm. and stuff, the football just takes me away from that yeah. now. And ninety minutes, it's such a simple game. You know, get the ball in the mm-hmm. net, and and it, I just it, my mental health is so mm. much better just having that 90 minutes a week or whatever it is training two nights yeah, a week a yeah. game at the weekend and I say to a lot of young people especially getting into music or in the industry I think it's important to maybe try and do something just to keep yourself yeah you know tapped in because it, it's so it's so difficult like anyone who tells you the music industry mm. is easy is, is lying <laughs> who yeah. says that no, I've never heard it <laughs> no one ever <laughs> never heard that yeah it definitely is inspiring to hear i mean from the podcast the amount of different origin stories that we've had Mm. have made me feel so much better because i'm like there's no one way to be successful there's no yellow brick road as you said yeah there's no one way and a song that you think is dying a death and is going to sit on your computer (laughs) for four years (laughs) can just pop up and be the biggest one of your life it's literally like a lottery and that's why i just i love it Mm -hmm. i love it so much as much as i hate it i love it (laughs) (laughs) so our last question for you is a song breakdown so we want to know kind of from the idea of the song to the writing process to how you feel about it now that it's out so would you do that for kiss and make up i do i will yeah so kiss and make up that was god that first album do his first album right so i'm Mm -hmm. trying to take myself back there was two two (laughs) two guys banks and ranks they're called it's tough for me to say with my accent (laughs) banks and ranks and you know two guys um french canadian dudes i think mm-hmm. i'd worked with them once before or maybe that was our first session i can't remember but we went in and at this point obviously Dua wasn't wasn't famous she'd had a mm-hmm. few songs out but she she was still climbing and i was i just had an argument with the girl i was dating at the time <laughs> and i walked into the session and i just said oh my god i've just had a morning from hell like we've just <laughs> we had this big argument and Dua said, oh, my God, same. Like, I've just come from an argument, blah, blah, blah. So straight away, we're like, we've got to write about this. Yeah. Um, and for me, I'm quite blessed with melody. That's my thing. Like, mm-hmm. I'm quick. Like, give me four chords, three chords, and I'll just spew out, like, yeah, yeah. a decent a decent melody. And straight up, I was just like, well, we haven't talked all morning. Bang, bang. And mm-hmm. we were just joking around like that. And, um, and then I text the girl saying 
the girl name and their names girl <laughs> in case unknown. she reads the text messages right. back but anonymous text messages. <laughs> <laughs> i think i think i texted saying like okay i'll be home later like we can kiss and make up and when mm-hmm. i when i read it like typed out it looked good and sometimes yeah. you know if, if it looks good t- wrote down i think oh that'll look good you know for people wanting to check out songs yeah true so we just we ran with that and um, we wrote the song super quick she recorded it i don't be these that was it. Mm-hmm. We never, uh, we knew the label kind of liked it, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But actually that song sat there for a while. The album come out and I'd done a few other songs on that. But I was like, why didn't Kiss and Make Up make mm-hmm. it? It's a bop. Yeah. And they were like, no, 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 we're, we're going to pitch it. And like so many people, I think they sent it to like Miley, Demi Lovato, uh, a few other people. Yeah. And they were like, oh, the lyrics a bit too young. Like Kiss and Make Up's too young. Why didn't you change it? Yeah. And I was like, no i'm not changing it <laughs> absolutely not. sometimes sometimes if i ever think if there's a part of me that's like you know what you could be right i will change it even though i hate yeah. rewriting i will do it but for that one i was like no I, I like the song the way it is i'm keeping it so uh-huh. anyway someone else ended up i'm not gonna say who it was because there was a bit of a tiff about it but someone else ended up <laughs> cut, wanting it they were gonna cut the song and then next minute it was like I had the publishers on the phone mm-hmm. like, no, 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 it's going to be, I do a single feature in Blackpink, this mm-hmm. really big girl band. Yeah. And I was like, listen, I write the song, I stay on the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I was like, this is not my problem anymore. So um, that was that was a funny one because I, you know, no one really wanted it, but as soon as someone mm-hmm. wanted it, then I felt like everyone wanted it. Right, and, um, naturally. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, it come out and... It was it, that was a cool record to be fair because you know songs come out and they do the thing and whatever and they mm-hmm. can chart and whatever. But mm-hmm. I remember a lot of people at that year were at Coachella and that went down in history for being like the first bilingual song ever performed at Coachella before. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So so like little things like that for me keep me hungry. You know, I'm like yeah. oh, a little thing that I never would have thought of, but you yeah. just write and then things happen. And so that was super cool. And yeah, just like one of those things you think it's all gone and that's just gonna die and then and there then it, it pops doesn't. out and, that's and so true know. find a new life so yeah i do so yeah i love that about songwriting that it's like you write something and then the life it has beyond that is just like out of your control yeah. but sometimes wild because that's so it's, that's such a nice little tidbit like the first bilingual song performed at coachella yeah i love that yeah and like i've never been to coachella that blows my mind when like songs you know a little idea from my head will travel to places that i've never even know knew existed like i was getting messages from people over that side the other side of the world and like you know when i'm asleep so one of my friends said to me once she said isn't it weird that like when you've been sleeping someone on the other side of the world might have been just dancing to your song and i was like i love that that's so cool that's so cool that's like well, so we've definitely beautiful. Been dancing on this side of the world. Yeah, we have been dancing. <laughs> <laughs> so those are all our questions for you today. Thank you for oh, coming. You have so you got much. no more, no more questions? I enjoyed <laughs> that so much, some. girls. We can pull some more. <laughs> if you want. No, honestly, but I just want to say I think it's super, super cool what you guys are doing, and Aww. super important as well for like you know for for girls in general, not just in music, but yeah. just to show that. You know, you got to follow your dream and chase it, man. Oh, thank you. True. Everyone listen to Chelsea, follow yeah. your dreams. Yes. <laughs> Everyone listening now, this is your sign from the universe. 
you were looking this for is one, it even if you were looking for one this is it, it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for listening thank you as always chelsea's instagram will be in the description and you can listen to chelsea's music anywhere that you can listen to music and you can also listen to the songs that she's written they're all incredible check her out Check her out. We love this interview. We hope you guys loved it. And we'll see you next week. See, I'm a rock star's girlfriend. I'm a rock star's girlfriend.